This is the Daily Tip. Presented by BetMGM. With Michael Jenkins. It's alive! And Chelsea Messenger. I will eat your heart. On the BetQL Network. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Mm, scary. I'm a little scared myself. I'm a bit of a scaredy cat. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, uh, a jam-packed hour with all kinds of tricks and treats as we examine the Week 9 slate in the NFL and try to pick uh, the tricks and the treats. Like I said, uh, which game should you be watching and which game should you just be betting and only checking the box scores? Then at 720, we've got our World Series preview of game four between the Timebacks and the Rangers. Then at 740, it's Teaser Tuesday, a Halloween edition where I try to fit, pick my favorite teaser legs and you tell me who ruins my teaser. Jenks, I was just saying that I'm a bit of a scaredy cat, so any kind of haunted house is pretty much out mm -hmm. of the mix for me. But apparently there is this haunted house that's relatively close to me that will pay you $20,000 if you can make it through without saying the safe word. Have you heard of this? Oh, I think so. Is this this absolute maniac out in the middle of nowhere and he has like old school military training and he blindfolds you and puts you through all of this torture and yeah you get the money but you or am i thinking of a different thing it's definitely some kind of torture house because this is in summertown tennessee and huntsville alabama and what it is it's a 10 hour basically torture Shh. service where God. they can pull your teeth, they can put you in freezers, they can tie you up, and they can obviously touch you. You have to sign a 40-page waiver just to participate in this. You have to like fill down all of your like medical uh, history in case something happens. But for $20,000, this definitely doesn't seem worth it. I feel like you would have to raise the price a hell of a lot for me to even set foot in this place. So let me get this, they can pull your teeth. So what? Yeah. I, I walk out of there and I'm like, oh, now I need $40,000 <laughs> in dental work. I lost money and was tortured for eight hours. This sounds like an awful idea. How do they make money off of this? Right? Like, do you know how much healthcare is these days? 20 grand yes. ain't going to cut it. Not in this economy. But I guess there are people who really want this experience. Like, I don't understand why you would want it, but some people kind of lean into this and like, I'm like this with like escape rooms. Like if I want to be lost, I'll just turn off my Google maps. But some people right. really want, I guess maybe it's something to do with the logistics. But when it comes to haunted houses, I don't want this either. If I wanted to be truly scared, I would just go to like a bad area of town and like wear my skimpiest outfit. Like it's not that hard to be scared uh, <laughs> if you're a woman. Do you like being scared? Do you like haunted houses? Not particularly. No, I don't enjoy being scared, which I know sounds contradictory to my whole Ouija board rant earlier. But A, that was high school. And B, I think there's a difference between sort of doing something that's kind of kitschy and fun 
which is at least that's the way it started. And then and then doing something just to be scared. I don't really enjoy, I don't particularly get anything out of being scared. And the reason why I know this for sure is because I, I haven't been to a haunted house in forever. And I don't particularly think I want to go to one. But I read a story, what was it? Actually, it was a Halloween story. It was a it was basically a compendium of stories that were real but were spooky enough that actually happened for you to read on Halloween. And I read one a couple years ago and it kept me up all night. And that never happens to me. And I'm like, dude, if you're reading a story and you can't sleep, then you don't need to be going to a haunted house. So I would say, no, I do not want to be scared. Yeah, especially because it used to be haunted houses are just jump out and scare you, scary. Like if somebody's mm -hmm. touching me, that's a no for me. It's the same thing as when people say like the Saw movies are scary movies. I'm like, no, that's disgusting. It's like torturous and no human should enjoy that. Do you ever think it's a <laughs> right. red flag when somebody really likes those movies? I think it's kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. Well, I think it depends on how much you get into it. So if it's it's a, oh, hey, yeah, like I like to be scared. I like a good scary movie. But if it's your primary genre where all you do is like sort of scary or disturbing movies, I would say, mm, I don't know if I want this to be one of the things that we always go to on a regular basis. What are you not telling me? Do you have bodies in the basement? Yeah, like if you're on a first date with somebody and they're like, yeah, I really like the Saw movies. I think I would be heading for the exit. <laughs> As you should. You'd be like, you know what? In your freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I think that's probably a good rule of thumb that if someone is into Saw movies and is talking about darkness and death and horror, like on the first date, that's something you got to ease into. Like, when do I tell her or when do I tell him that this is something I'm really into? If you're dropping out on the first date, better run. Even though I guess if you truly show your true colors on your first date, Maybe there's somebody out there who is just as dark and twisted as you are. That's the great thing about love. You don't have yeah. to be normal. You just have to find somebody who is exactly as weird as you are. That's my take on love and all things Halloween. Uh, all right. So let's look at the week nine slate in the NFL and see if we can find you some tricks and some treats. So let's start out with the treats, the games that you're going to want to watch. I think number one on the list, the Reese's pumpkin of the bunch is probably huh. going to be the Dolphins and the Chiefs. We have Kansas City, two and a half point home favorites here, a total of 50 and a half. A game that, of course, could be an AFC preview of the postseason, but also a big game for the MVP race, because once upon a time, yeah. it was Tua Tagovailoa who was the favorite to win the award. Now it looks like Patrick Mahomes is the favorite, even though he hasn't really put up the monster numbers that everybody has expected. But if Tua goes on the road and puts on a clinic and the Dolphins beat the Chiefs, I feel like Tua will take a big jump when it comes to the MVP race. What do you think are the implications of this game or are you just looking at it as a single game and there's something you want to bet here oh i don't know i kind of like the chiefs here i feel like this is a i i love it it's sort of like last night's game with the lions right they were coming off a really bad loss to the ravens even though the ravens are a really good team but no one expected detroit to go into baltimore and play the way that they did so i thought okay this is a good spot for them to come back and dominate they did now same thing for the chiefs 
awful loss to the Broncos. They're not going to dominate the Dolphins, but I feel like this is when we get that Chiefs team that will be hyper-focused, a team that tends to play either up or down to the level of its opponent. So I would lean initially, at least, with the Chiefs here. I'm wondering what the look-ahead line was because I think what people forget in the betting world sometimes is that it's not necessarily about X's and O's when you are betting these Mm -hmm. numbers. It's about value. And I think what you said rings true, that the Chiefs, especially coming off a very bad loss to one of the worst teams in football, maybe you can get some value there. Because I'm seeing the line on this one at one point, maybe this was during the summer because, you know, these lines open super early, was Kansas City minus five and a half. Maybe that was before what we knew this, what this Dolphins offense was going to be. But I think it still looks like there are some value on Kansas City as home favorites under a field goal here. So I think that would be my lean. Uh, I do think Kansas City gets it back together. And what do you think of the Dolphins in their instances against good teams this year? Because isn't that the one knock on the Dolphins is that, yes, Mm -hmm. their offense looks incredible, but they've been putting up these massive numbers against some really bad teams. Like they lost to the Eagles. They lost to the Bills uh in pretty convincing fashion like the bills they Mm -hmm. lost 48 to 20 against the eagles they lost 31 to 17 so if that trend continues here where they don't put up great numbers against great teams and look at kansas city like for the most part their defense has been pretty solid i know everybody wants to talk Mm -hmm. about travis kelsey and taylor swift and patrick mahomes and the handshake (laughs) between his wife and taylor swift but I think going into last game, this was a top four off or defense when it came to points per game. So do you believe in that trend that the Dolphins are amazing, but when it comes to matching up against good teams, maybe they're not quite as amazing? Yes, that's exactly what I think. And here's the thing. Now, that's maybe a bit of an overstatement. Let me walk that back a little bit. The Dolphins are a very good football team. There is no question about that. And this game is in Frankfurt, Germany. So that's another thing you got to take, take into account. Like how, how does a travel affect both teams? Because then you, you, you take away sort of home and away splits, if you will. But I think for me is I just need to see the Dolphins against a good defense. And they mm-hmm. do remind me, they're sort of like, they kind of remind me of the Cowboys in that they have a lot of offensive firepower. Now, I think the Dolphins are a level above. But playing lesser teams, they can run up the score on you because they can out-athlete you. But when they meet a defense that can match up with them, then they look like a different team. A lot of college teams are like that. So I, for me, I would lean on the Chiefs here until I see the Dolphins get it done against a defense that is not a lower-tier defense. Or, you know, they, they need to get it done against a top squad defensively before I believe in them. Yeah, and I can't believe I forgot this game was in Germany because I've seen all of the graphics saying they're headed to Deutschland or however you pronounce it. Uh, (laughs) But I think what stands out to me is that this game is overseas, but yet we see a total of 50 and a half. Doesn't this seem like a really high total for a game that's overseas where both teams are traveling long distances? Because I'm trying to look at like the games that we've seen overseas so far. And so I was just looking at the Jag schedule because I know they play a bunch of games in London. Uh, Jags won at 23-7, and I get these are different teams, and then beat the Bills 25-20. to Do you think this number is a bit high, or do you think when the Dolphins are involved, uh, all bets are off, and hold your nose, and you probably shouldn't take an under? Oh, man. I, 
It is really high, especially for the NFL. That's the thing. 50 and a half in the NFL is a massive number. I just can't. And the over might be the right call. I I would just stay away from this one. I, I cannot find. I could look into it more. But if we're talking initial leans, a total in this game with a number this high, I guess you, I think the over is the right side, but it's hard for me to say, yeah, I'm going to play over 50 and a half in the National Football League. Yeah, it, that's a tough number. But if any team can post those numbers, it's usually the Dolphins, but not yeah. necessarily against those good defenses. So it just kind of goes both ways. But we do have a lot of treats in the NFL uh, as far as good games to watch. Cowboys-Eagles and Bills and Bengals. Uh, the Sunday night football game is that Bills and Bengals matchup with Cincinnati one-and-a-half-point favorites. I think I've seen that line maybe bigger at some it's other shops as well. Yeah, it's a, a three because obviously the Bengals coming off a big win on the road at San Francisco. And then the Cowboys and the Eagles, one of the premier matchups of two of the best teams in the NFC. So of these two games, is there anything you like as far as a spread goes or a total? Or are these two games that you just want to sit back and watch? I like the Bills. I know the money is going in the opposite direction, but. Again, it's moved from Bengals minus one and a half to Bengals minus three. Total has gone up a point. So I think if you're getting three points with the Bills, then you got to grab it. This feels like to me a, a, a bit of an overreaction and a bit of recency bias. Look, the Bengals are playing great football. They have won four or five. There's no question they are finding their footing like they do each and every single year. This is just what Cincinnati does. And I know the Bills have been more inconsistent than we're accustomed to seeing. But if you can get three points with a team that I think you could argue is maybe the better team, it, it, if home field advantage is worth three points, then who wins this game on a neutral field? I think it's the Bills, so I will happily take three with Buffalo on the road and go against the money here. I think this is a good spot for a teaser leg. And we will be talking about my teaser teams in a couple segments here on the show. Uh, but I do think this one's going to be a closer game than maybe this line indicates. But we were just talking about this. It's not necessarily about the matchup. It's about the value you're getting. And it just feels like the chance to buy low on the Bengals, you've missed your opportunity. Unless you are playing them to win the AFC, which I still think is a pretty good value at 9-1. to one. So I think you either play that or you just sit this one out if you do think the Bengals win this game. Because think about it. If the Bengals win this big primetime game against the Bills, won't, won't there be way more steam on this Bengals team to win the AFC? I feel like this number will go up. Yeah, down, I think I you're say. right about that. Or yeah, uh, I knew what you meant. But yeah, I agree. And I'm I'm still trying to figure out Cincinnati. I, I think... I think they're just going to be the same team that they are every year, right? This is what they've done for two years. They start off weak, and then Joey has to get healthy. And also, Joe Burrow is just healthier. I think that's just primary the primary reason here, right? He was struggling with that calf injury. He wasn't right. He played through it. But now he's becoming a little bit more mobile in the pocket. He just looks like a different quarterback. I still like Bills plus three. But moving forward, if you like the Bengals on a futures ticket, I don't mind that at all. Oh, for sure. And if you like punishment, like that haunted house, maybe somebody huh. can pay you $20,000 to sit through the Giants and the Raiders game. The total on that one is set for 38 and a half. And also the Raiders on a short week with that offense. Good luck if you're hoping for points. All right, up next, it's time to talk a little baseball. Our best plays in the fall classic. That's next.
Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM. Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Of the Daily Tub. This sounds like the Halloween band that's playing at like a concert that the two kids like sneak out to and they're not supposed to be out at. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't it funny how so many Halloween movies have like the same little plot things? Like, it's like a boy and a girl that, you know, he's the nerd, she's the popular one. And Ooh. like their parents are friends and maybe they're supposed to be babysitting together. And by the end of the night where they experience all of this trauma where like somebody gets killed, you know, it brings them closer together. Like, I don't even remember what movie that's from, but it feels like it's a popular one. But Jenks, I was just thinking about this. I've been watching a ton of sports because we did have the sports equinox yesterday, but I need to get in the Halloween spirit. So if you have one movie to watch to get you in the Halloween mood, what is it? Oh, no. Halloween. Oh, I'm such a bad horror movie person. I think you just go old school. You watch like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Something just absolutely terrifying. Maybe you go Blair Witch Project. I, I'm not of the belief that you necessarily have to go Halloween movie or Halloween themed movie to get in the Halloween spirit. You just find something that terrifies you just a little bit something that actually scares you that's why i'm not big into like hokey sort of you know these these halloween movies that are they're kind of funny or kitschy because i don't really find them funny so i'm like i guess it's supposed to be funny and scary but i'm not i'm i don't think it's scary i don't really think it's funny so i'm just kind of in this ether so if it's going to be really funny it's not going to be a scary movie so i'd rather just go all in on scary so you don't like scary movie i'm assuming no, I just don't. I get it's cute. Like I, I find those, I find those bemusing where it's just like, okay, well, this is cute and I'm supposed to be scared. I'm not really scared, but it's campy. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of campy. I know some people really like sort of the campy style of those types of movies, but I've never just really, they've never really appealed to me. I just don't like being scared. So what I would usually do is I'll watch like the first parts of a scary movie to kind of set the tone. Cause I think one of the best ones is Halloween because like the scenes are like these mm-hmm. traditional neighborhoods, the leaves of have, have all changed. You know, you see the trick or treaters and they also have some of the best soundtracks. Like isn't the Halloween oh, yeah. music from, or the theme song from Halloween, probably the most iconic Halloween song like that or thriller. Like those are the two top ones. Oh I yeah. Assume, right. Oh, for sure. Oh, here's one. Watch. I don't know if it would have the same effect today. You know what movie scared the hell out of me as a kid was Poltergeist. Oh my God, Ooh. that was terrible. That That's was the a one very with the birds, one. right? Ooh, with the birds. Or no. That's, hold, I forget. I forget if that has the birds in it. It's been a while since I've watched it, but I remember watching that as a kid and being legitimately terrified. Like I had dreams about that where I'm like, this is actually scary. And it's, it's actually a very good movie as well. So it's not a campy movie. It's truly a really 
scary, horrifying movie. That's my recommendation for you. I know I'm going old school, but it's hard to find a good, solid, classic, scary movie. That's a good one. Well, I don't want to be scared. Like, I think that's the, oh. the problem is like, I am such a scaredy cat that I want to watch oh. a movie that will kind of set the scene, but not okay. really scare me too much. Because I don't know, like, I'm such a scaredy cat. Uh, I remember watching Pet Cemetery for the first time when I was like 12. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm never watching a scary movie ever again. That's not a feeling that I like. So maybe I'll just walk around the neighborhood, look at some falling leaves and maybe I'll get in the spirit that way. Or maybe I'll just watch the World Series and not watch a Halloween movie at all. Oh. So let's look at the World Series tonight as we have a good series brewing between the Diamondbacks and the Rangers. And we were just kind of joking about this, that this game feels really hard to predict because not only have both of these teams proven that they belong to be, uh, that they belong here, and that this series is pretty evenly matched. Uh, we're seeing it in the spread right now because this game is a pick em, total of nine and a half. But also this game is a bullpen game, which means you can't even really base your handicap on the starting pitchers because they're probably not going to be in this game very long. But it looks like the Rangers are starting Andrew Heaney, at least to, to start the game. And then Arizona has Joe Mantiply, who has given it up at times for Arizona. Don't have a ton of faith. In my dude here, but he is 2-0 with a 4-2-6 ERA in the postseason. So let's try to dig in here and find some plays because we have to bet on something today. And Jenks, I feel like this mm -hmm. has to be it for me. So have you found anything yet that maybe will be a candidate for your best bet? Not really. I don't know. I I kind of like the over here. I've seen some money come in on the under. So maybe if you like the over, you can play it down to nine, a little, little bit of juice, which we'd like to do. But I'll tell you why I like the over. At least it would be a lean. I am not going to bet on this. I have been off on my World Series bets, just so everyone is aware. But you mentioned Joe Mantiply. He is a bullpen guy. So this is a bullpen game for Arizona. Also a bullpen game for Texas, or at least it should be. Andrew Heaney will not go long in this game. Also yesterday, because Mad Max left early in that game, the Rangers used four different pitchers after Max. So we know the story with the Rangers, right? The bullpen is not a strength of their team. They already used a lot of guys yesterday. And you've got a bullpen game for the D-backs. So I think the Rangers pin can get hit up. I think the Rangers bats are good enough to hit up on Arizona, even though the Arizona bullpen has been very good during the postseason. I just feel like at nine, it is a high number. But the over has hit in two of the three games in this series. I would go over here. Yeah, and normally we don't do a ton of player props when it comes to baseball because I think they are kind of tricky. But this is kind of using the same strategy that you we use in football. If you think there's going to be a lot of scoring, maybe that is a time to look at player props. So I was doing some digging, and it was hard to find some numbers that I did like. But I did find Corbin Carroll over his hits runs plus RBI over one and a half for minus 120 because I did like to tell Marte over one and a half but that was my 70 so I ain't gonna play that uh but this goes into the fact that number one Corbin Carroll is a good hitter he's hit this in two of the last three games uh in this series uh he had a hit and three total bases against the Rangers in the first game. And he had two hits uh, in the second game. He didn't have a, a single hit last game, but I do think he's due for one. I know that's a, a dumb expression, 
But still, he is a very speedy guy. So if he gets on the base mm-hmm. pass, I think he is very due to score a run, which is what you like. Normally, I like playing these for leadoff batters because there's a good chance that somebody later in the lineup will knock them in. Mm-hmm. But if you do think there's going to be a lot of runs in this one, maybe you pick a player who you think is going to have a big night at the plate and you play it that way. That way, you're not relying too heavily on both offenses to get it done or even one offense to cash in those runs because sometimes a team can have a lot of hits but not necessarily cash them in, especially if your total is sitting at nine and a half. So I think I'll play it that way. Corbin Carroll over his hits plus runs plus RBI over one and a half for minus 120. Okay, I like that. I think it's a smart play. I did look at Texas over four and a half runs at minus 120. So it's not a ton of juice, but four and a half is a high number. But if you think the over is going to hit and you believe in those Rangers bats and you know that they're going up against, again, an Arizona bullpen that has been very good in the postseason, but it's still a bullpen game. I feel like that's maybe something where you have a more palatable price here, but I'm having a hard time trying to figure out how to bet this particular game. Yeah, if we are just talking about the openers here, maybe Andrew Heaney has the higher upside here because Andrew Heaney seems like a pitcher that he goes one of two directions. He's either lights out and he strikes out like nine over five innings or he gives up like four home runs in the first three innings of work. Because I think that's the problem with Andrew Heaney is sometimes he can give up the long ball, which is not great. Uh, But I will say Arizona is not a team full of guys who can really mash it. But if we are talking about home run hitters, we do need to mention the fact that Adolis Garcia uh, is facing some injury concerns going into this game. I believe he has to have an MRI, uh, did something to his side last night. So if you do like the Rangers, that is one big minus mark uh, for your Rangers offense there. Obviously, you want him in the game. I would say if he can even remotely stand at the plate, he's going to be batting in this game. It is the World Series. I'm sure he's been waiting for this moment. And also, he is a huge person. So uh, I feel like he could tough it out. Is that dumb of me to say? To say, like, uh, I think he'll tough it out. It's the World Series. (laughs) No, what I think is funny is that he's going to have some sort of imaging later on today to make sure to be okay and they'll know more. And you're like, ah, it's fine. He's going to tough it out. It's the World Series. But I think you're probably right. I mean, if you're going to – look – Unless this is some sort of tear that just that is untenable and there's just no way that he can play. I agree. He's going to play. Shoot him up, wrap it up, you know, put a put a piece of plywood right there on the ribs, hit it in there with a couple nails, solidify that rib cage, whatever it takes. But if you can play, you play in the World Series and look it's freak accidents happen all the time in sports, but you have to feel like, okay, maybe you tweak something after a swing that you're going to be okay. This didn't look bad. And sometimes it doesn't have to look bad, but you know how it is. You see an injury. Sometimes you're like, okay, that's bad. That guy's gone. He's gone for the season. This didn't look like that. So I think you're actually, you're probably going to be right here. Right. Especially because he's already been banged up in this series. He got hit in the hand by a 90 plus mile an hour fastball and he gutted it through that one so i think he will probably play that is my very unexpert opinion but going back to this game uh is there anything else that maybe we should be looking at because the other thing was if maybe you think that there is a team that runs away with it 
do you think there is any value in playing like the run line? Like if you do like the Rangers, do you think you should take a big swing on them here and play the run line for minus one and a half or plus 145? Because the thing is, the Rangers have been incredible on the road this postseason. At home is usually when you don't want to play them. But uh, we know their bats are fully capable of, you know, scoring a lot of runs here, even though I think I would lean towards their uh, team total runs. Like, if you think they cover the run line, they're probably going to get their team total, one would assume, right? You would think so, right? That's what I would think. So, yeah, I think you're probably right about that. I, this, this game is just so frustrating to me. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that's – like, I, I, like, I like the Rangers here, and we keep talking about that trend in the postseason. So, yeah, I – I actually think that's probably the play here, especially because it's in line with how I think this game will go because I mentioned how I like Texas over four and a half runs at minus 120. I think that's a play that I like. So since I like that play, then you're not going to have to talk me into Rangers on the run line at better value. I do think all things being equal here as far as pitching is concerned, look, it's a coin flip of a game. We know that. So when you consider the Rangers, how good they've been on the road and also that lineup, why not Rangers at plus money on the run line? I think that's a really good bet. Yeah, but let's look at the futures market for a second because we have been pumping the tires and saying, oh, this series is so evenly matched. Well, now it's time to maybe put our money where our mouth is. Do we think this get this series goes to seven games? Because you can get that for plus 165 over at BetMGM. I was looking at this right now. I don't know if you want the series ending in five, it's plus 240. I don't think it's going to go seven. The favorite is six games at plus 140. Yeah, I don't think it's going to go seven. I really don't. I think the Rangers are going to find a way to pull this out in five or six games. I just feel like that the Diamondbacks, I'm not going to say they're going to run out of (laughs) Be careful. I know, I know. We doubted the Diamondbacks, and now they're kind of getting – they're finally getting the value they deserve. And what am I doing? I'm starting to fade the Diamondbacks. I don't know. I I think I would be surprised if it went seven games. Back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Good morning. We're back. Happy Halloween. And also, happy birthday to Nick Saban. Wouldn't it just be fitting that the dark lord of college football would be born? On All Hallows Eve. Jenks, did you know that? Today's his birthday. I didn't know that, no. You got me with that yeah. one. It feels way oh. too fitting. Because Nick yeah. Saban feels like he has made a deal with somebody. Maybe <laughs> the devil. To be this successful for this long when it comes to college football. Maybe it's his talent. Maybe he works Maybe. harder than everybody. Uh, but I don't know. I know it seems like it's coming to an end, and that's the scuttlebutt in college football. That, oh, Nick Saban, he's done. Maybe, you know, work on the next coach. No, like he's not done. Like his teams are still incredibly prepared for the most part. He's still getting good talent. And I think that he has done an excellent job 
at adapting over time because it's very easy to say, okay, in this new era of college football, uh, I'm just going to pack up. Like, this is not for me because didn't like Coach K do that? I know he was like a thousand years old, but it felt like when the new era of college basketball was ushered in, he was like, Mm -hmm. all right, now the players are the celebrities. I'm going to head out. (laughs) I just, I cannot get over the the people, the naysayers who have suggested that, oh, it's over for Nick Saban or he's past his prime. Imagine being so successful in your career that you are seven and one, ranked number eight in the country, and your only loss is to a team ranked number seven in the country. And that there have been whispers that maybe you don't have it anymore. I would love to be a guy who doesn't have it when that is the standard of success that I have set. That's the bar. And I have one loss on the season. I'm a top 10 team. My only loss is to another top 10 team. My conference is an absolute gauntlet. And I don't know if this guy still has it. Like what an incredible, the criticism is actually something that speaks to his success. It's remarkable that people suggest that suddenly he's lost it. I think it's so, so stupid. Yeah. Nick Saban's like a Halloween villain in a Halloween movie. Every time they're like, oh, Michael Myers lost it. He's gone from this town. They make another one. And what do you know? Michael Myers back on the streets again. Just when you counted him out, he's at it again. Kind of like Nick Saban, who was also born on Halloween. Uh, Because isn't that the case? Like, how do these Halloween villains keep coming back to the life? Like, weren't they killed in the last one? Does nobody else see these plot holes? I think people don't care. Actually, I think that's part of the appeal, right? Because if it's campy and it's kitschy, then you know, all right, realistically, this guy should have been dead like eight times. But also, it's the same thing why instead of these these soon-to-be victims, instead of doing the right thing, they they run to like the wrong area <laughs> or they decide to explore a room. It's like, why why don't you just run out of the house and down the street and leave instead of saying, let's see what's in here i heard something but i think that's part of the appeal is that not all of it makes perfect sense which is you know why some people are entertained by it also now that we have cell phones a lot of these problems could have been solved like before the era of cell phones i get it you know you couldn't reach the house phone but everybody has their cell phone all the time like can't you just call somebody post a tweet send a TikTok? So, yeah, I'm out on the plot holes when it comes to some of these scary movies. But what about teasers? Because it's time for Teaser Tuesday here on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pick out some teaser legs. If you don't know what a teaser is, you get six points in your favor. But the trick is you have to combine it with a couple other teams. You can either do a two-team teaser, I believe, for minus 125, or you can do a three-team teaser for plus 160. I'm looking at the slate this week, and it's looking pretty tricky because I'm not going to lie. These teasers have been really tough uh, as I try to pick one out this week. Uh, So there's usually one team that ruins it. So that's where you, the listener, and you, Jenks, get to help me out. I'm going to pick my teaser legs, and you tell me who ruins 
my teaser so I don't put that team in said teaser. So let's go down the options. We have a lot of good numbers for teasers because what you are looking to do, uh, you know, just by strategy is go through as many key numbers as possible. So let's look at this Dolphins and Chiefs game. It's set at two and a half. If you are taking the Dolphins, you can get that all the way to eight and a half. You are going through three, six, and seven. However, I think I'm done putting the Dolphins in teasers when they are playing good teams. It has not been a great play when they are playing mm -hmm. the cream of the crop uh, of the NFL defenses. The Chiefs have had a great defense so far. I know everybody wants to talk about their offense, but one of the top five defenses in the National Football League when it comes to points per game. So I'm going to look elsewhere. I think the two teams that kind of caught my attention early on were the two, two of the better games on the slate. I think I'm going to go Cowboys plus nine over the Eagles, and I'm going to do Bills plus nine at the Bengals. I think both of these teams can keep it relatively close. I think both of these mm -hmm. games from a watching perspective are going to be really good. The Cowboys scare me a little bit just because – you know, you're going on the road, you're playing in a mm -hmm. hostile environment, and sometimes the Cowboys don't really show up when they're tasked with playing the best teams in the NFL. But I don't know, the Eagles don't look nearly as dominant as they have been in years past. So maybe the Cowboys can keep it within nine. Then I'm looking at the Bills and the Bengals. It feels like a spot where maybe the Bengals are a touch overvalued. They're coming off that huge win over the Niners. Uh, they're starting to gain some steam. But I still don't think it's going to be a blowout win over the Bills, who, if you look at their top end, you know, their potential, they can mm -hmm. hang with the best teams in the AFC. We know this. It's just the problem is, are they going to reach that potential on a weekly basis? Because it's been a very inconsistent team. So those are really the only two that I like. I think if I threw another one in there, I would be hmm, feeling a little nervous about it because I did consider the Saints uh, getting a point or excuse me laying a point and a half over the Bears or how about this one Jenks the Commanders are getting three on the road at the Patriots if I'm giving you nine points with your Washington Commanders do you think this is worth throwing in the teaser mm, no not right now <laughs> to be honest I don't know what to think about the Commanders the Commanders have a a a real propensity to play up to the level or down to the level of whoever they're playing. Now you would think, okay, the Patriots aren't a good team. So maybe it'll just be a slug fest. Maybe it'll be a slop fight, but this is a team now that if you look at, you can find, of course, these offshore odds. Ron Rivera is the favorite to get fired right now in the national football league at two to one. And the defense, which was supposed to be the strength of this team just did not get it done. So I don't I don't know where they are mentally. And one thing to keep an eye on as well is that I believe the NFL trade deadline is today at what four. And there's been a lot of scuttlebutt mm -hmm. that they could trade Chase Young. They could trade Montez Sweat. And those guys are two of the better defensive ends in the National Football League, even though that defensive line has not been great. It's just a team that right now I would stay away from because of what could happen at the trade deadline. After the trade deadline, if you want to take another look at them, maybe. But they're way too inconsistent for me to think. They could absolutely win the game outright. They could lose by 10. I just don't know where they are right now. And they don't know where they are because they don't really have a real identity. I think that's a great point that maybe if you see some of these teaser legs that 
you're on the fence about, maybe wait till after the trade deadline. Yeah. Because if you do like the commanders and they do trade away some pieces, you'll probably get a better number on them at least, you know? So I think that's where my strategy starts is that I'm not necessarily buying into the commanders winning this game outright. I just think that the Patriots do not have a good enough offense to blow out teams. Like we're yeah. just not going to see it. We saw one game where their offense looked good against the bills. They scored 29 points. But other than that, let's look at the larger sample size coming off a, what they score 17 against uh, the dolphins. Yeah. It's just not an offense that I trust to beat anybody by nine points. So that's why I would throw the commanders in there, but Jinx let's uh, go back a few steps and look at the two teams that I was starting the teaser with. They seem a little square. I think that is my first concern with uh, taking a couple of good teams, getting points, Cowboys plus nine and Bills plus nine. Of these two legs, which do you trust the most and which do you think maybe shouldn't be making the cut? I definitely love your Bills pick. I think the Bills could put the Bengals outright. No question about it. Love that Bills pick. So I, I can't see a situation where Cincinnati blows out Buffalo because that Buffalo defense is too good, even with Joe Burrow coming on. I like your Cowboys. I like the Cowboys getting points this week, to be honest. However, mm -hmm. there is always the possibility that when you go into Philadelphia facing that home crowd, that Dak Prescott against that defense, that very good secondary, could have a bad day. Now, he's been very good recently, so I don't want to – lean into a narrative that has been talked about before, which is his interception problem because it hasn't been a problem this year, but against an exceptional secondary, it could be a problem. So that of the two is the one I would worry about the most. I think it's hard to handicap the Cowboys because they've played a total of one good team this year and they got yeah. smoked by the 49ers 42 to 10. So you see all these crooked scores for the Cowboys, but so many of them are against the cellar dwellers of the NFL. So right now, it just feels like I don't know just how good the Cowboys are and how they'll respond to playing some of the best teams in the league, especially when this is a rivalry matchup between mm -hmm. two teams in the same division. So that one makes me a bit nervous. So do you think I go Bills Cowboys or Bills Commanders? Of those two, which do you like better? Oh, I would go Bills Cowboys, actually. And also, two things. Number one, it's a divisional game. And divisional games, I feel like, mm -hmm. are always tighter. They're always battles. And also, Jalen Hurts is not 100%. So he was receiving treatment on his knee after the game. It hasn't really gotten better. He's been powering through. He was awesome against the Commanders. But I actually do like that Cowboys bet more. There was one more I was considering, but I feel like I don't even want to be invested in this game because it looks so terrible. I was thinking about taking the Giants plus nine against the Raiders. Oh. Do we think the Raiders are going to be beating anybody by 10 points on a short week? Me thinks not, but I also don't really <laughs> want to follow that game. So maybe it doesn't make the cut for my teasers in week nine of the NFL. We've got to get to break more daily tip after this. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.